Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. <laughs> Leave me wife to last could get us in trouble there. Once a salesman, always a salesman. <laughs> I, I, don't put us on the spot, Phil. You might get wrong for that one. And I thought, you know what? I'm going for it. If anyone's a Mandora fan, it's Cali Heads. Yes, welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. This is episode number six, and I am your host, Phil. In this episode, I was lucky enough to sit down with Paul Binion from our Bolden office. Paul shares with us his love for music, what he misses most about working in the office, and what the future holds for his band, Mandora. Let's get on with it. Welcome to episode number six of the Real Talk with ECO podcast. This week, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Paul, who is quality administrator uh, for one of our customer service campaigns. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Phil. How are you? Are you all right? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, it's been nice to catch up. It's been far too long since we've had a proper chat. We'll, we'll, we'll save the geeky, musicy stuff for the end of the podcast, so we'll <laughs> we'll dive into that. So, um, But yeah, so obviously I know... A little bit about you but for those that don't uh if you could just give a little bit of a sort of a, a background on the day-to-day life of, of mr paul binion yeah i'm paul binion i i i've been at bc now for just over five and a half years um it'll actually be six years in february coming up how time flies um very much enjoyable i yeah. must admit um yeah like a lot of others i started on the phones um yeah. in sales and I'd, without any previous uh knowledge or background of call centers i might add so um that was, so, so that was your first sort of call center sales job like at all like that was your first step uh, yeah in ever yeah absolutely wow. uh I'd, I'd, I'd done a lot of things before that um i've done factory work for many years in um private hire taxi driving for Roughly six years before yeah. I joined AC. What, sorry, what was what was the sort of the obviously you've been a went in a warehouse and then taxi driver. What was the sort of decision behind going for a call center? Had somebody said it was a a, a a good sort of direction to go in, or was it just the opportunity presented itself and you went for it, or how did that come about? I've actually got Michael Rossiter to thank for putting my name forward at AC. And then, like I say, a conversation happened between my wife and um, Michael's ex in the um, in the schoolyard. You know, she was saying, "Look, you know, Paul's really looking for something better, all this yeah. sort of thing." And she was like, "Oh well, well, tell him Michael's place has taken on." And uh, my wife phoned me. I said, "Yes, give him your number." And the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call from the lovely Nikki Welsh um, for a phone <laughs> interview. And it, that, that's how it all began. It was a stroke of luck, to be honest with you. You've been there for nigh on six years now, so uh, well done, Michael Rossiter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you, you first started coming on the phones um, and then sort of fast forward, did you move up to management, sort of team management, or did you go into like a, a business support role after that? Or how did that go? What actually happened was um, from very early on, I was actually interested in compliance. Okay. Um, but obviously, being being um, a blank page, you know, no experience or anything like that, I, I knew that I would have to get as much experience on the phones and, yeah. and learn what the business was all about, you know, perhaps inside out or as best as I can yeah. uh, before any type of progression. Um, uh, I remember, like, after my first year, the, there was a position be- um, was advertised for compliance. And a couple of the people I was sitting with at the time were saying, you know, go on, go for it yeah. and everything. But I was like, mm, 
nah, nah, I'm still not ready. I'm still, I still didn't feel experienced enough. Yeah. So I actually waited another year um, and I was fortunate enough to do a couple of other different campaigns on the yeah, phone. Yeah. So got a bit more experience with different things. Um, and then at the end of my second year at EC, it became advertised. It was advertised again. And I thought, you know what? I'm going for it. And yeah. I'm so glad I did because I got it. So that so that was the job that you're in now, in the, the same compliance? Yeah, it's slightly different because um, when I first started on compliance, it, I was uh, monitoring like retentions calls and uh, sales calls for... Right. Uh, economy energy at the time and then I, then I moved on to to mark calls for octopus energy um which I have to admit loved that loved being yeah. on octopus uh, just what, what was know. it what was it about that particular campaign that that you loved so much just I just felt like the the no disrespect to anybody else I mean they're all great campaigns obviously but me personally I just believed in the company as you know as well in yeah. octopus the brand, um yeah. yes in the brand they pretty much do everything that the say is on the tin so yeah. i'm even i'm even i'm pro octopus yeah because i'm even an octopus <laughs> customer myself right okay um, so you, re- yeah, you really but, bought into it <laughs> i certainly did you know i'm, I'm waiting for an invite to the christmas party for them, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just one of those don't get us wrong I, I i've enjoyed everything that i've done at ac so far yeah. and i can hand on heart say that you know yeah um and and i always try to put 100% into everything that I do. I mean, I don't always get it right. And when I do get it wrong, I hold my hand up uh, and I face the music, as it were. I used a a phrase uh, just now about sort of when you get things wrong, you like to to face the music now for those that know you <laughs> uh see how see what i did there do you like that <laughs> uh, yes i like that, I like that. That's, um that's... for those that know you like they will know how much of a massive part of your of your of, of your life is dedicated to music in fact it's probably more that we're a part of your music a life than music's part of your life with everything, everything else to be honest where, <laughs> where did where did where did the music start for you like because it's such a big part of your life where did that start for you i mean this is gonna sound really cheesy and cliche but i was literally born with it yeah. um you know my favorite band it'll not surprise those close to me but it might surprise other people because a lot of people just think it's uh, heavy metal only with me but my favorite band in the world Hang to on, this you're, day you're not going to say the carpenters or something are you no I, I, even though i do I, I appreciate the carpenters very much yeah. but it, it's the beatles mate you know the yeah beatles. Oh, my man um, the, Be- the beatles is, is the center of everything man absolutely oh. center of the universe you know the greatest Ever, you know, and uh, and John Lennon in particular for me. It would have been his yes. 80th birthday the other day, wouldn't it? Yeah, on the on the ninth, yeah, that's right, yeah. the ninth of October. And did you know his son was born on the ninth of October as well? Sean, his youngest son. I didn't know that. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, Sean was born on his. Absolutely, yeah, incredible. But music um, and my passion for the Beatles was from birth onwards because yeah. um, I heard them all the time as I was growing up. And I just loved it, and I, my my love for their music and everything about them, and you name it, just got stronger and stronger and stronger as I grew up. What would you say would be a go-to? If I mean, I I asked um, Jade um, from uh, the recruitment team in Sheffield. I asked her this question on the last episode. If you're out walking and you've had a hard day, what would be the the go-to song that you would put on your in your headphones? 
and it would just instantly like change your mood and sort of help you switch off what would that be i've got to be honest there is so many of them so many even including the carpenters if you had to pick a beatles uh, one what would that what, what would be a go-to beatles, beatles one? um it would probably be i would have to say it's in my life tune it's yeah. just it's just an absolute yeah it, if I had, you know, somebody had a gun to my head and said, you need to pick a favourite, I would probably choose that. But yeah. but then you start thinking of, of like Strawberry Fields Forever and, yeah. you know, you start to think, you know, everything, everything they've done yeah. is incredible, you know. Ah, there's not many um, bad songs. Obviously, the the Beatles was the sound of your childhood and all those kind of the similar sort of bands yeah. on the house. Like, fast forward a couple of years to when you're in a position to sort of get into bands and be around the music scene, if you like. How did that come about? Like, mm. Where did that start? Between the age of eight and ten years old, I was immensely influenced by the likes of Rush, Kiss, uh, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. And then, of course, when I was ten years old, uh, the Sex Pistols came along and turned everything upside down, and yeah. literally uh, me with it as well. A collection of influences from all of those bands just yeah. made me think, I want to do this. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I want, I, I want to, I want to play guitar. I want to sing. I want to do this. You know, I want all to the be in a band. Doing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, from a very early age, and all of those influences, it it, it got the wheels turning. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, move moving forward a couple of more years uh, to being thirteen and fourteen. Uh, by this time, I mean a lot of my friends who was a lot of them are still in bands themselves today as well. So yeah, yeah. obviously, at school, we got talking and. Um, yeah. going to the youth club and stuff and starting to, to to learn your first chords and everything and just jamming together really and then and then a handful of us started to make more of a decent sound than a noise and uh, yeah. it just went on from there you know when did the the phenomenon that is mandora begin when did that happen <laughs> brilliant uh thank you for that i appreciate Only that, that. <laughs> um, well it actually first happened uh when i was uh 17 yeah i was 17 years old when i joined mandora um for the first time obviously at the time you know obviously like everybody else you had your dreams of stardom and everything and so we set about following what inspirations meaning right. meaning we, we designed the stage show and yeah, we had yeah. pyrotechnics and we had a backdrop and we had costumes uh, and back then we all had long hair as well which suited everything you know yeah um so we went for the visual as well as yeah. the music and uh i mean that's we a, had big, a, a big kiss influence i mean kiss were massive on the on oh the yeah yeah i mean are. well see at that time as well you had motley crew and everyone coming out yeah. as well and you know the American, the Hollywood influence, like Rat yeah. and yeah, all those yeah, sort yeah. of bands. We just literally, uh, predominantly by Kiss, like you see, like influenced by them, obviously. Yeah. Um, but looking at these other bands as well and thinking, well, they sound a bit like us, or, or rather, we sound a bit like them. So yeah. why not? Why not like look a bit like them and and make a visual as yeah. as well as an audible um, show? You know. Yeah. The reason we agreed the reform is because. The four of us, the, 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 the four of us that are left now, um, we were a five-piece band, but uh, our guitarist, Chris, he he, um, he he had to uproot and move to Scotland, and nice. so we ended up being a, being a four-piece. Uh, yeah. But we did originally uh, reform with Chris as well. Um, but anyway, the four of us who are now Mandora, we all agreed that 
there was unfinished business. We yeah. came so close in the early days, but you know, being so young and and uh, dare I say it, being a bit wild and reckless, maybe we shot ourselves in the foot a bit where where promotion deals were being offered and uh, you know and things were being put on the table but then yeah. withdrawn off the table because you know because you know maybe we were, we were a bit young and daft i know i yeah. certainly was i'm speaking for myself really and i know i know uh duncan who plays guitar in the band and sean darren who's on the bass who his nickname's point that's another long story we'll see that for another time they they wanted to go to london at that mm. time yeah. um and i'll be honest with you i didn't so yeah. um you know the even though we were working so hard yeah. to get something on the table to sign i still wasn't ready to go down to the big city you know and yeah, i will admit yeah. that so there was a lot of friction at the time and it didn't end well like bands it, not, it always happens in bands to be honest with yeah, you really yeah. the reason we reformed in 2013 is because all four of us truly believed that the songs we had written yeah. and the songs that we could write were worth it you know they, yeah, they, were, yeah. they were worth having another go at and um you know just trying to get when the funny thing is phil nobody's nobody's trying to get signed or anything now we're just yeah. quite happy with the social media platform and yeah, and yeah. both of our albums at the moment that they're, they're on um they're on like spotify and amazon and yeah, google yeah. play and all that sort of stuff there's a plug there's a I plug just, here. i was just about to say a bit of, a bit of stuff. yeah <laughs> tell you when you when you've been a musician and when you've been in a band like plugging any chance you get is worth doing <laughs> so i tip you hat off to you for that <laughs> To be honest with you, it, it's weird because the wonderful thing that's happening now is mm. none of us are looking. We're, we're not striving for that yeah. record deal, but but things are happening and, and we're getting, well, obviously, apart from what's happened this year, obviously, yeah, but yeah. before before the pandemic, we were lucky enough to be invited to do uh, festivals like Brofest and Mirafest. We went to yeah. Manchester and done Grim Up North. Yeah. Um, you know, all on the back of uh, just pretty much putting footage and videos yeah. out there. Uh, and then pro other promoters are getting in touch with us saying, well, do you want to come and do this? And we're going, yeah. well, yeah, okay. And it's great and it's all snowballing, you know. It's, well, yeah. it's come to a grinding halt at the moment, yeah. obviously, for everybody. Uh, it's a very, diff um, it's a very but, different landscape to what it was. I mean, Christ, when I was in a band, I was in a band sort of 2008, 2009. And even then, at the time, it was MySpace. Yeah. MySpace was the biggest thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and, I remember that. And then, you know, but so, but before that, when when we first started, like MySpace wasn't really a thing. So, and you literally you took homemade copies of a, of an EP or an album to your gigs, and you you know you would sell them to anyone. You'd sell them to the the barman, the cleaner, anyone that would have one. Just <laughs> Absolutely. For, you know, for for the hope. That somebody was related to somebody that would be able to get you a gig here or sign you or you know, um, whereas now, as you say, it's such like with social media, it only takes one person to share it, to share a video of a live video or live gig or whatever, and that can change your life. Which is like it's one of those head scratchers where you just think like people have slogged, you know, they've slogged it away for years gigging and touring and humping your own gear up and down the stairs and all that stuff. Yeah. When really now you could make an album entirely in your bedroom, on your laptop, on your own and upload it. And within 24 hours, you could be on the radio, you could have gone viral. 
and it, which is yeah. great. Obviously, as you say, what you're doing now is you're just putting content out on social media. If somebody sees that and goes, "I like them," then you've got bookings, you've got deals, you've got for me that's the enjoyable part because obviously there was a lot of years there was 27 years between the first mandora and what you have today i never stopped um and the drummer sean he was in a lot of my bands throughout those years as well we 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 kept going with different bands we've done all that we've done the sleeping in the back of a van and you know doing the loadings up the metal stairs and all the rest of it, you know, that's what's so enjoyable these days about yeah. social media. Duncan, uh, the guitar player in the band, he he does all the videos. He's got all the gear at home where he, he makes the videos, right? And yeah. he's just, we've done a cover um, on our second album. The, the album's called And Life Goes On. But we've done a cover of the Osmonds Crazy Horses. Oh, and wow. oh, see, he's you, just, you he's posted just... that on Facebook the other day, didn't you? Yeah, yesterday, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, um, yeah. He just... He put it out yesterday, and I'm hoping that that that's gonna um, get a lot of thumbs up, a lot of likes, because yeah. I think I think we've done a good job of what's a, um, a classic song. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So with the Osman, he's actually well. If you I don't know if you have seen it, he's, he's I actually. Well, I haven't watched. I'd, I'd seen it. It's on my playlist, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it since. It's it's, it it's great. I love it because he's actually. Um, He's actually filtered the Osmonds themselves into the video, oh, wow. so they're kind of singing, they're kind of singing and dancing while while we're on stage and stuff. You know, it's it's, oh, yeah, it's great. I'll, uh, I'll definitely, <laughs> I'll, 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 it's on YouTube, it is, isn't it? It's on YouTube, it's yeah, on, and it's I'll, obviously I'll, uh, on. It's on our Facebook page and I've shared it and stuff like that. We are very much involved with something called Mia Fest. It's a new wave of British heavy metal festival. Uh, it's yeah. held in the north and the south. It's a charity event it's, and it supports um, Willows, which is a, a, a charity for stillborn uh, parents. The founders of the festival, Brian and Claire Mia, sadly their daughter Molly was um, stillborn. We, along with a lot of other bands, we do Mia Fest um, for the charity. It's also for Down Syndrome Northeast as well. That's why they do the North and the South. Willows is uh, the charity in the South. Down Syndrome Northeast is the charity that it supports in the North. Every time we've done it, we've done it two or three times now. And I've always been allowed to to do a collection. The good people of EC have always dug deep in their pockets. And uh, there's always been a couple of hundred quid you know, yeah. from EC for the charities, yeah, which yeah. I think is incredible. And I just wanted to say thank you for that because, you know, there's not many employers would let you um, take time out of your day to go and run True. around and collect money and stuff like that. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. It is much appreciated. I've got to give a shout out to Cali as well. Cali Heads. <laughs> because... I love that. <laughs> well, well, I love it the bits as well. And do you know what? If anyone's a Mandora fan... It's Cali heads. It's Cali. I'm all. I'm telling you, and I'm always humbled every time that she talks to me about the band and and yeah. uh, the fact that I, I wrote a song called "Within the Wind" and it was the lyrics are from from my dad and Cali. The praise that she gives that song is is yeah. so humbling. You know, it really is. So. Yeah. Big no, shout out to Callie. She was a good egg as well, Callie. She was a good egg. She certainly is. <laughs> it's ironic as well because the last song we were working on um, was a song called Rain of Darkness, which right, we right. haven't completely finished it yet. But it's kind of... Uh, I feel like it's a bit prophetic, prophetic, yeah. you know? Because yeah. it's kind of like, you know, some of the lyrics is I can see the darkness on the horizon and stuff like that. And it's like... Um, 
So basically, you, you caused know, all this. Well, <laughs> oh no, all your fault. Well, maybe I tell you what, maybe we should scrap that song. Yeah, <laughs> I think yes, I think that might be wise. I think that might be wise. Hopefully, by the the end of all of this, um, you know, we can return to some sort of normality. What What would you say has been the sort of the, the thing you've missed most? Because obviously, you're working from home now, aren't you? Um, yes. Um, what would you say you've yeah, missed most? Well, obviously interaction with everybody, yeah. you know. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, again, you know, I know everyone said it before me, and I'm no different. Everyone is genuinely so supportive of each other. Yeah. And that interaction, I mean, like I said it's earlier, a big part Phil, of, right? of, it's a big part of, uh, it's, of the job. And it, yeah. it is. The, the people, you know, the people, everybody says people make a business and it's mm. true because the, you couldn't get better people, to be honest with you. You know, it's, it's just a great place to be. That's what I miss. I miss the interaction with everybody, yeah. uh, the buzz of the office um, and the support of, of senior management, which... You know, I, I kind of fault them because every yeah. time, every time you need help, it's there. Simple yeah. as that. We were saying before, I've been working from home now and for for a good while, and that's the thing that I'm starting to miss the most about not being in the office is that ability to either turn one way and ask for help, or turn this way and go and ask for a bit of crack, or get, join in with a bit of conversation, or have a good laugh with somebody, or different people mm -hmm. coming into the room. And when you're working on your own. Like, it's just not there. I hadn't really, I think I'd taken for granted how important that is to me. Like, the ability to just sort of stop somebody. Oh, did you see that last night? Or have you have you heard that? Or, do you know what I mean? That, that it, The interaction, like, is massive. And I don't yeah. think, I mean, I'll be one of the first people to admit when this lockdown first started back in March, it was quite novel. And I thought, oh, great, you know, I get to sort of work from home and, and there are pluses to it. I've seen more of me kids and me dogs and me wife and stuff. But like, yeah, um, yeah, I should really reorder them, shouldn't I? Me wife, me kid, no, me kids, me wife, me dog. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me wife to last. Could get us in trouble there. I think. <laughs> yes, you might get wrong for that one. <laughs> um, so there's there's pluses, but obviously the, the one of the big things for me, it, it, without a shadow of a doubt, is being that interaction with people. Like it's, and I suppose yeah, for definitely. for you in the job that you do, like you must interact with so many different people when you're giving feedback that that's that's yeah. a, it's a big big thing for you it is it, that's to be honest with you that's probably what i do miss the most because don't get me wrong we're, we're still we're still sending feedback to yeah. agents and uh, along with the, um a hangout chat you know if we want to if we want to advise uh, an agent without necessarily putting it on the mark and form yeah. then we'll send it in send it in like the 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 chat along with the form and but it's hard doing it that way as yeah. well i personally think it is because i i like to be uh one-to-one -one, yeah. right i, I like I, I love the fact when i'm when we're on the office um if i needed to speak to someone you know to you know let them he hear something or give them some advice yeah, yeah. you know yourself to sit them down and speak to them is far better and yeah. far more productive than than a note you know, type like email or what? Yeah, no. It, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what it is? And, and then when when you're sitting in front of someone as well, that yeah. you know that they understand what you mean. You tell know? from their body language if they don't get it. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Yes, with that. exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, I think I'll be one of the first people to admit that I'm pro digital 
in terms of communication and things you know like can does it have to be a phone call can it be an email can it be a message on messenger or whatever but the thing that i'm starting mm-hmm. to realize very quickly now um or, or i've realized over this this pandemic is you can see somebody stand in front of you and you can relay the same message and you can gauge far easier how they've actually taken what you've just said whereas when you yeah. send an email or a, a skype message or whatever even to much as much as their response you you, you read it and you go do they are they being uh, sarcastic? Exactly. Like uh, you, you just don't get that, but you can see that when you're with the person, you can see that, and you can see that their body language, you know. So I think it's a, it, that's been that's my exactly biggest right. thing. Definitely, because when you do when you do write something or type something to somebody, it's their perception of the written word, and yeah, yeah, it's you know, one to one, you know, you can actually look them in the eye and say, do you understand what I mean? You know, and, the, and, yeah. you, and you know firsthand whether they get it or not. Yeah. So I miss that as well. Um, yeah. Do you see this once the pandemic is over? Um, do you see it being a fairly easy return to the office, or do you think it'll take a bit of getting used to now that we've been doing this for for so long? Wow. Um, <laughs> easy questions. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Don't put us on the spot, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me personally, I would like to think it might be an easy transition. Yeah. However, being all these months uh, out of sync, you know, with doing school runs as well as yeah. getting to work on time and all that, it might take a little bit. You know, it might might take a week or so to get up to speed. You know, you know to to get back in the swing of things. But yeah. me personally, the transition will be an easy one because I do yeah. miss the office anyway. As long as we reach that, as long as we reach that day where we can all see interact with each other and yeah. the way we're used to it'll be an easy transition for me because I, I absolutely adore what I do I miss that you know so yeah. I think I would I would like to think that I will adapt pretty well and hopefully yeah. quickly I'll leave, I'll leave you with this one on okay. the, that on that day when everyone's told to come back in and everything's done it's all over and done with we've all we're vaccinated or we're immune whatever happens first on that day on that morning what would be the one song that you would play <laughs> to set you up for the day honestly I don't know because there there is a million and one songs that that motivate me you know I suppose it would have to go back to the Beatles, wouldn't it? Uh, unless we played some Mandora very loud, of course. Uh, um, that's that's plug number three. Love it. Honestly, once <laughs> once a salesman, always a salesman. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I don't know, honestly. Um, anything, anything upbeat by the Beatles, or and life goes on by Mandora. You choose. I will make it my mission that when everything's back to normal, that life goes on by Mandora will be my song. Right, that's that's wow. my pro- that's my promise to you. I'll download it on iTunes. Is is available on iTunes, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I'll download Spotify, I'll, Amazon. I'll I'll download it now, right? And on the day that we come back, I'll record myself with listening to "And Life Goes On" by Mandor. Mate, I've it's really really one. I've really really enjoyed this, mate. I wish we could have done it for a lot longer. But yeah. Listen, mate. Honestly, take care, mate. Uh, it's been great speaking to you, um, and I look forward to to getting to uh, to share more music related stories in the future, hopefully in person. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much, Phil. You take care. It's been Paul, an absolute pleasure. Take care, mate. All the very best. Take it easy, Cheers, mate. mate. Bye. 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 Real talk. If you
like to support the podcast, please do so. Uh, if you enjoy the kind of content that we've been creating so far, please give us a thumbs up on social media. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and on whatever audio platform that you are listening to us on. It really, really does make a massive difference. Uh, we're also this week running a competition on Facebook um, for anyone that does leave a review to go on the hat to win some awesome prizes. So if you head to facebook.com forward slash we are EC Outsourcing uh, and all the information will be on there. Thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.